Welcome to the Beer Sec Ops Podcast. Yeah, I said beer. Some had to go to make room for beer, and it wasn't going to be sec, was it? And we need those ops guys, so sorry, Dev. Beer Sec Ops, who will be having conversations with cybersecurity industry influencers and frontline DevOps warriors to help provide us with a cloud-native security blanket to those who are treading lightly into our hazy DevSecOps world of rainbow shundering unicorns. Welcome once again to Beer Sec Ops. I'm your host, Steve Jaguer, and I have my first repeat guest on this episode, and it's Liz Rice, colleague, author, evangelist, guru in all things Kubernetes and container security. And the reason she's on the show is because she's written another book. You might know her from her previous effort with Michael Hausenblas, uh, the Kubernetes security book. Well, in a few weeks, I think, will be the official release of Container Security or Container Security Book. And it's a little bigger than the Kubernetes Security Book. I think it's coming in at close to 170-something pages. It's comprehensive, to say the least. It it takes a journey starting at some, you know, some of the basics, just talking about the container security threats, talking about threat modeling, security boundaries, etc., starting with Linux system calls, control groups, container isolation, even virtual machines, something she gets into that she had to learn a little bit more about as she started authoring this book out and going all the way through ending with a little bit about how we relate these things to some of our traditional AppSec things like the OWASP Top 10. And I was lucky enough to catch her amidst our self-isolations at home uh, over a couple beers, uh, one of the second time we've ever had beer on Beer Sec Ops, to just talk about her experiences, some of the reactions she had in the past when she first released Kubernetes Security, and what she's looking forward to with the release of this, the nerves associated with it, and what I hope will be a very welcome reception to this book. So, here we go. Liz Rice and her new book, Container Security. Liz, thanks for being on the podcast. Again, you're the first repeat customer. Oh, Wow. Well, cheers. Yeah. Thanks for having me again. So, yeah, no, no, no problem. No problem. Uh, what, what kind of, so this is also the second ever where both participants have had beer in the, in a beer sec ops episode, which is. Okay. Yeah. I don't think bad. it was me the last time, good. was it? I, I, you know, I didn't pull my weight was, last time, but this time. Yeah, I know. I know. I was disappointed. <laughs> so, how is it going in your world, uh, Liz? You were remarkably easy to get on a podcast, whereas normally. You yeah. are all over the planet, but this whole um, apocalypse must be affecting your your busyness. <laughs> it definitely means I'm traveling a lot less than I usually do. I think uh, for the foreseeable future, I'm not going to be going on a, an airplane anywhere. So uh, working, I was used to working from home anyway. When I was at home, I'd be working from home. So uh, it, it's it, I have it very lucky. It, it, you know, I have everything I need here. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm missing seeing people in person and missing things like KubeCon, you know, where Ugh. a lot of people, you know, from around the world would have been there. And uh, yeah, obviously disappointing not to see them in person. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll find ways around this. Yeah. How's the uh, panic buying in your part of the world? Is there toilet paper? Is there milk? Uh, Is there bread? We've been okay for know? toilet paper. And in terms of bread, I, I think other, you know, some people did miss out and there were shortages in shops, but um, 
you know, I, I haven't had any sort of emergency problems in that front. Um, on awesome. bread, it was quite funny. We, um, we got our bread machine out. And, um, oh. yeah, we had a certain amount of bread flour still and uh, in the supermarket yesterday and there was no bread flour. And another customer was there saying, well, this is weird. Why would people be buying bread flour? And we were like, well, to make bread. <laughs> and she said, and she said, oh, oh, I'm really disappointed. I wanted it so I could make Play-Doh for my three-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, well, priorities, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, why would they be? Yeah, what would they be doing with this? They should just call it Play-Doh flour, I guess. Yeah. Hey, um, okay, that's that's good. So you all, if you have if you're grounded, it would be an ideal time for you to write a book. Wouldn't that be? Okay. Yeah. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mean I should have written the book not while I was traveling around the world and doing lots of other things simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you hadn't, uh, if you only could have foreseen this moment. <laughs> so you have, anyway, uh, jokes aside, you have written a book, the book, uh, Container Security, Fundamental Technology, Concepts That Protect Containerized Applications. And yeah, how was it? Yeah, was it? it's it's been good. And it's my uh, first sort of solo full length book, if you like. And uh uh, it's been really nice. So what I wanted to do with it was um, kind of take people through the journey that I went through when I got involved with containers and then particularly with the container security side. I very much believe that if you want to understand something, you kind of need to know how it works. And um, so I, I didn't want to write a book that just says, this is what you should do. I wanted to say, this is what's happening when you do a thing, you know, when you run a container, when you uh, build an image, you know, this is what you're getting inside an image um, with the intention that people can then, with that knowledge, understand what that means for security. And then, uh, you know, because I don't think there's any one size fits all answer to any sort of significant security question. Um, but if you understand what's happening, then you can start thinking about the implications for security. Well, that, that kind of follows in the footsteps. If anybody's ever seen you do public presentations, your uh, your presentations are always very technically hands-on, going through the why, what, and how of what it is you're presenting. So I guess it's not too surprising you took the same approach in your writing. Yeah, there was definitely some material there that uh, I have used in talks or that, and that I maybe wanted to dig in a bit deeper in, in a book you get. You know, you're not limited to a 35-minute speaking slot. You can you can <laughs> dive in as much as you as you want, really. So yeah, there's there's certainly some topics in the book that I've done talks about, and then in the book I'm going a bit deeper. So do you think now was the time? Is there a reason what what motivated you to say now is the time that the world needs this container security book, or was it maybe a case of you thought, oh my goodness, I better start writing this stuff down? A bit of a combination, really. Uh, so uh, it's probably two years ago now, I wrote the Kubernetes security report. Um, it's an O'Reilly report that I did with Michael Hausenblas. And um, I would definitely say I was encouraged by the reaction to that, that I should you know, write some more. Um, and uh, if I think about, you know, what do I know about? What, what would I be able to write, you know, 
dozens of pages about and container security is pretty much top of that list. So, um, yeah, I, and, and then because I already had a, a relationship with O'Reilly through that Kubernetes security book, but also through speaking at some of their conferences. So we had a conversation about, you know, would that be a, an appropriate book? And I put in a proposal and they liked the idea. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's how it came about. And I guess that was probably, we probably first started talking about it a year ago, I would guess. I'd have to look up exactly. Um, so it does take a while to go from the initial proposal to actually getting to the point where it's about to go to print. As, as we speak, I'm, I just sent back a kind of last but one quality control version where, you know, it's, it's really down to the kind of nitty gritty little details now. You know? yeah. So it should be in print. I think we're printing in, in probably two or three weeks time. Cool. So actually at the point that- when this gets released, it will probably be a real physical thing and I will be beside wow. myself with excitement. <laughs> Uh, I'm probably skipping to the end, but seeing as you just mentioned it will just be in print, where would somebody get it? Um, so I download think or otherwise? Yeah, you'll be able to uh, download it from the O'Reilly site. Um, Aqua already has uh, an early release of a few chapters that you can download. So even if for some reason things get held up in, in today's crazy world, you can still get your hands on a download of the early edition. Um, but it will also be available in, you know, it's got an ISBN number. You'll be able to buy it on, Ooh. you know, from your favorite bookstore. And yeah, it's pretty cool. And if anybody's wondering, I don't know if it's still the same. The sort of sneak preview that I managed to get was like 174 pages or something like that in PDF land. So those out there who, you know, you have to, who are still clinging, uh, to their tattered copy of the Kubernetes security book, this is bigger. It is. I guess. Yeah. Um, and certainly <laughs> far more comprehensive in terms of its the chapters and the kind of story that it tells as you go through it. Um, I am curious, having gone through, and I, I, I'm, there's no way I was contemplating what approach to go in this interview. Can I even get into the chapters? Or, But my first thought was, did you know all of this before you started? Or were there areas where you thought, I really want to do a chapter on this? So that bit I'm going to learn, or or was there a rounding out of knowledge, like if there's a, a percentage that you knew and a percentage you had to learn, or was it really all up there in your brain? No, it was definitely, uh, there were certainly areas of this where I I was quite aware that it was something I wanted to know more about. So a really good example of that was the section on virtual machines, where I had a pretty sketchy, hazy view of what you know, I, I know exactly what's happening when you create a container and I had a much hazier view of what's happening when you create a virtual machine. And for quite a while, I had had in my mind that, uh, you know, understanding the difference between those things was going to be very important to understanding, you know, we might flippantly and very easily say that a virtual machine is a stronger security boundary, but I really wanted to understand why that statement was true. Uh, and you can sort of brush that off with, well, because containers share a kernel and virtual machines don't share a kernel. But I want to understand, okay, well, what does that mean? And what's happening, you know, what's happening under the covers? And how does that come about? So, um, you know, I, I was, I did use the book as an opportunity to fill in some, some areas like that, where I had pretty, you know, sketchy knowledge. Or another example was, um, was Gvisor, where I had done a little bit of exploring with it. And I had a, 
a reasonable conceptual grasp, I think. But uh, I haven't really gone in and tried some of the experiments that I then used in the examples in the book. Um, yeah, so it is quite nice. I think in general, whether I'm writing a book or a presentation, I'm quite often using the the opportunity of creating that content as a way of teaching myself. You know, I don't think you can explain something to somebody else if you don't understand it yourself. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's really interesting. So the, those, those are the two. Any any others that I can pry out of you or you thought? Uh, particularly areas where, where you already thought you knew, you know, like, like areas where you thought, I'm pretty good on container image scanning, but I'm just going to do a bit of research and then went, oh. Well, actually, one that was quite uh, sort of interesting and a little bit disturbing of sort of showing my age. Huh. So um, when I kind of first got into professional software engineering, I was working for a company doing uh, network protocols. And, uh, you know, there's, <laughs> I spent a lot of my life writing, you know, pretty detailed code handling network protocols at various layers. And then when I came to doing... Uh, the, the section about like container networking, I thought this was going to be, you know, it, it, it just take me a few minutes to sort of brush up on, you know, things that I had maybe forgotten from my past, like you know, how sending an IP packet works. And actually it turned out that when I came <laughs> to write it down, I, uh, th there were some areas that had got pretty rusty. So, uh, that was actually really nice to kind of go back and remember and, and sort of talk to some friends as well and, and say, you know, <laughs> don't think it quite works like this. Remind me how this does work. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. So is the book meant to, are, were you intending, uh, this is kind of a double uh, edge question. Are you expecting people to sort of open it up and read it like a, not like a Phoenix project, but an end to end, or would you say it's a reference or I did notice and I quite liked near the end, or at least in the version I've got, you had kind of a checklist that I quite enjoyed giving a read of that asked a few sort of relevant questions about what you're considering when you're thinking about container security. So is it a bit of everything or, a, or what were you thinking? Yeah. So I wanted to, I, I definitely started with a set of areas that I wanted to cover. Um, I, I, I shuffled that about a little bit as, as development went on, but, uh, you know, I had a pretty clear idea of the, you know, let's say roughly what the chapter headings would be. Um, and then, uh, I never really thought of it, you know, it's not like a, you know, a whodunit. I don't really imagine anybody's going to pick it up and kind of go, I can't wait to find out what happens on, you know, on the final page, you know? <laughs> um, so it, it, I, but I did want to try and make it, um, you know, in each section to sort of make it, uh, to call it a story is not quite, um you know, that, that would be uh, overblowing it, but I want to make it a sort of logical sequence of, of elements that kind of take you from like, okay, I know nothing about this, or, or let's assume I know nothing about this and build you up to a point where you can say, okay, now I understand, you know, I don't know how container vulnerability scanning works and what it's doing for me. And uh, therefore I can think about that in terms of my own deployment. I'm sort of hoping that people will, you know, not just read it end to end and think, ah, now I know about container security. I hope they're going to kind of, as they go through it, go, oh yeah, maybe, you know, where I work, we should be thinking about this a bit more or, you know, uh, or perhaps in some cases we, we're doing the right thing here. You know, now I understand why doing, you know, doing it that way is the right thing. 
Uh, ah. Yeah. Yeah, learning about the why to some existing hows and whats. Yeah, and then you mentioned the, the section at the end with the kind of checklist. And mm. I, I, I very much doubt that it's entirely comprehensive, but I hope it's a starting point for people to go, okay, but I've read this content and now I understand some things, but what do I do next? maybe, you know, looking at that list would give some inspiration on, okay, how do you apply that into your, into your day job? You know, how do you take that into your organization at a technical level, not, not at a cultural level, but. uh, Right. If you're looking for some immediate user experience, um, when I got my version, the very first thing I did was read the table of contents and go straight to conclusions where it congratulated me on reaching the end of the book. (laughs) I thought, yeah, a little warm fuzzy there. Uh, and I hadn't read a thing. And then I went straight to checklist and I, that became my navigator more than the, than the actual table of contents. Cause I really liked it. And I thought, Oh, it's interesting. But I thought I, I like some of these questions and I haven't even read the content yet. Okay. Good. So, good. Yeah. Cause I, I was, cause I, cause these are questions that are part of conversations that I, or we have all the time when we're talking with people who are trying to do container security. And I thought it was really interesting the way you kind of, you said not necessarily exhaustive, of course, but you've done a great job of hitting a lot of them <laughs> in one section. Um, and it's, it's in a kind of a weird order. I don't know if you, <laughs> if it, <laughs> I mean, some are obvious. The first one, are you, are you running all containers as non-root? Yes, that's certainly very good. I don't know if it's a top, whatever, 10, 20, but, but the chapters jump all over the place. And actually, I really liked it because that's what started me reading sections. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I did actually, I think, um, it, you know, in the sort of final copy, it does still jump about a little bit. But I, I do remember quite late on sort of trying to go through that that list of points and sort of try to group things so it didn't seem like it was completely jumping about from one random thing to another. Because <laughs> a lot of those questions came about where I was thinking, ah, that's a good point. You know, I need to make sure we answer that question somewhere. You know, as I was writing the book, I'd be, I'd, I'd come back to that sort of section later and, you know, add in new questions and then go, have I covered this point? Yeah, it's, it's a good list of questions. It doesn't really matter the order. I just thought it, I really, I really quite liked it. And it was the first thing I went to that started taking me on a, a almost like a guided tour based on my own problems that I related to in, in the way that was learned. So that was, that was pretty cool. Thank you very much. Um, I, I haven't seen that in other books, you know, where you're learning technical knowledge and here's a whole bunch of applications that could relate to your real challenges. Well, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I'm curious about writing this now, other than it's all out there. Is there anything that you found you couldn't have written? And I'm, I have a reason I'm asking this question. Uh, like in 20, if you tried to write the same book in 2018, you still had all the same knowledge and you're, are there parts of this that just didn't exist as a, as a question or a challenge in 2018 or 2017? If we go back in time a little bit that make this, even somebody who feels that they have a good grasp on container security for a bit that they met that they can take from this i know i probably am not asking that clear i hope does that make sense so i mean we definitely are in an evolving technology landscape here and so one of the things that i was very conscious of as i was writing the book is that one of the sort of i don't know one of the things that i could kind of obsess about is uh, not running containers as root and actually i think you know by the time i do another edition of this book, things might have moved on, you know, so in, you know, the last, I don't know, six, nine months, 
lots of progress has been made around rootless containers, which addresses a whole lot of these, you know, the, the whole reason why running containers as root in the first place is, is a problem. Um, we're not there, you know, th there's been a huge amount of progress in rootless containers and you can, you know, you can run a container rootless if you pull the right components together. And, and there are some examples in the book to, to talk about that. But it's not widespread yet. It's not something that you can do under Kubernetes yet. Um, so that kind of thing, um, well, if I'd written the book a year, two years ago, I wouldn't have given it the, the coverage that it has now. I wouldn't have known very much about it. I can't even remember how much it even was a thing, you know, back then. And I expect that in another two years, that will be probably something that people are much doing much more commonly. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, if, if the book is successful, uh, you know, there'll be another edition in a couple of years that will have different focus. But I tried to picture that, you know, this is what is generally happening today. This is the technology that people are generally running with today. But also, here's what you can expect to see in the future. Cool. So you kind of alluded that if you do updates, is that is that the plan? Is this going to be the sort of thing where this is Rev 1 and maybe in a few years we're going to see Rev 2 come out? Well, I hope so. And I hope there will be feedback. You know, when you write a book, one of the things that's a little bit odd to deal with psychologically is that, you know, it's it's a thing. It's kind of finished. When we write software, it's never really finished. And you know that you can go yeah. back and fix bugs later. <laughs> but in a book, there's going to be this physical printed thing that, you know, I can't just do a sort of do a quick patch, no. you know. Can't do a pull um, request. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> except that you kind of can. So um, O'Reilly have a process where people can submit errata. Uh, and there's also going to be a website so that people can raise issues. And also where I can start kind of collecting you know, thoughts about what might be in the next edition and, and hopefully get some ideas from from people about, you know, what they would like to see in a, in a future edition. Uh, so while the book has to be kind of a snapshot in time at the point where it's printed, I hope that as a kind of uh, project, it will evolve over time. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think that's what we're looking forward to. The So you mentioned about you were surprised, I am going back to something you said earlier, the reaction to the Kubernetes security book. And I've seen, well, last KubeCon, I'm sure before several times since, I've seen you doing book signings of the Kubernetes. Was that a surprise that that kind of reaction to a book would happen? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I had the benefit of also working with um, Michael Hausenblatt on that. And uh, yeah. you know, he's like, um, he was Cloud Native Ambassador of the Year. Uh, I want to say 2019. I hope I'm getting the year right there. Um, you know, so he's a, a well known character. I guess I, I have a few uh, people who know who I am through my work on the, the TIC and through. Uh, co-chairing the conference uh, in 2018. So I guess, you know, at some extent, at some level, I know that there are a group of people who, who might know who I am and who would know who Michael is. But then to think people would actually queue up and want us to sign their books, it, it kind of blew my mind. And it's been so nice. You know, you get people, occasionally someone will say something really nice about um, something, particularly when they say something that they've done as a result of you doing a talk um, or, you know, something. It's, it's, it's so touching. It's really nice. And, and it's, I, I, I'm smiling from ear to ear now as I even think about it, just the idea that people want to come and engage because of the work that I've done and the, the things that I've tried to 
I don't know, create. Um, so satisfying. So lovely. It is amazing. I'm lucky enough that I, I do go from place to place to business to business talking about these sort of things that this your your materials and your and your work and your presentations and your your books affect. And even today, I mean, you were saying that the Kubernetes security book is two years old uh, ish. Um, and I mentioned you saying, oh, you know, we haven't, Liz has a new book coming out uh, in a week and a, and a bit, I think, well, around the 30th or something when KubeCon was going to be. And he blurted out and interrupted me, I have the Kubernetes security book. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So, so excited. And I thought, wow, that's like, it's become this sort of constant like pie in, in conversations about people who are trying to get into this space. They really latch on to this kind of, these kind of materials. And I don't know that I've seen it all in one spot. Like learning about container security hasn't been easy. I mean, you had to learn this all a relatively hard way, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I guess I've had to sort of work, work it out kind of myself, but that that's something I love doing, so it's been fun. Yeah, I guess and, as to, because it's, it's new technology and, and it takes a little while for people to, invent the technology and then it takes a while for people to write down the things that they've well you know I, I didn't invent it I've just been sort of watching what's happening and and uh, you know uh, trying to explain it to people I guess and, and occasionally writing a bit of code here and there but uh, it, it, there's inevitably a bit of a lag between the technology and the, the the books and the content about that technology and I guess a book you know it just does take it takes time to write all the words down and to go through the whole process and, and get all the reviewing done. So I guess I'm in the, well, I hope it's, you know, the right time for a book like this that, you know, material won't, I, I've, I've said that it's an evolving landscape, but I don't think it, you know, there's a lot there that's fundamental that is not going to change. And that, that actually was really part of what I set out to do was to write something that would be, um, you know that wouldn't age too quickly that that if you wanted to take it seriously and you wanted to learn about containers or you wanted to learn about virtual machines or you wanted to learn about vulnerability scanning those think the fundamental concepts are not going to change and uh, or, or not so significantly that the book would be out of date you know imminently but yeah, yeah. Get, the timing is I, I guess i'm lucky to be in the right place to to write that book hopefully at the right time yeah i think the timing is actually really really good and what i said what you said about how you know technology comes out it's new people have to need to master it then people need to write it down but there's almost like a second level of lag if you're applying security to the technology or then even if we like there are books out there about docker and kubernetes and cookbooks and hardways and um lots of books and microsoft and there's lots of books out there already explaining how to build the environment but i there just isn't something quite so comprehensive when it comes to security and and especially in terms of the way you've laid out kind of the entire stack, like starting from VMs and building your all the way up. And I, I also quite liked how you ended with a little section on OWASP Top 10, which is kind of a, a common, they didn't cut that out of the book before you released it. Either. No, no, it's still there. Yeah, it's still there. And, and actually that was quite a late addition to the book and it actually came out of a, one of the comments from one of the early reviewers. Um, about sort of framing some of these thoughts in a way that maybe people coming from that kind of security, angle, you know, because my background is much more development than it is security. I've come to security through the, the lens of a, a developer, if you like. 
And uh, yes, one of the reviewers made this kind of comment about framing some of this in uh, language and, and terminology that um, maybe security professionals would be a bit more familiar with. And so I immediately thought of the OWASP top 10 because that's quite a uh, practical guide. And I thought, well, how how do you view... I wasn't sure if anybody had done that um, sort of work of looking at the OWASP top 10 and saying, actually, how do you do each of the, these things for a containerized deployment? Or how do you address yeah. each of these these problems? Well, I think and I'll, what that does is it kind of shows, and this is something I've experienced, actually, actually the other, just to make a reference, the other person who had beer on the episode was Sam Sepanian from London OWASP. And he, we have conversations several, several since where, because he's OWASP, he comes from the OWASP top 10 and makes discussions about that. And then we steer it back into containerized environments and how that uh, it kind of changes the perspective on AppSec versus InfoSec or infrastructure security. And there's a real blurring of those lines. So that's what I thought was, it's interesting when we talk to security people, if they come from the you know, the, uh, the network and the firewall world, they have a certain perspective that is certain. You've got food for thought in here for those people, but you've also got, you know, people who come from a traditional AppSec world. There's relate, there's a lot of very good relatable material for them as well. I hope that one of the side effects of this kind of cultural thing that we call DevSecOps is that it maybe gives people, um, almost permission, if you like, to try and explore the other areas, you know, the sort of adjacent areas to the, you know, what they're used to, to working in. So I think it's really great and useful if, you know, developers learn more about security and operations folks learn more about security and security folks learn more about development and, you know, all the different permutations there. Um, kind of spreading the knowledge and not having it siloed so that people can understand each other's kind of terminology and understand a bit about why they do things the way they do and maybe even come up with some new approaches that work in there you know, for their teams because they can work together in a way that when we you know have had that kind of traditional siloed approach it's it's been hard for people to kind of collaborate and now i hope teams are more and more collaborating and sort of understanding more about the kind of skills and knowledge that their colleagues have maybe that's something that a book like mine where it's you know, I didn't set out particularly to target developers or particularly to target security professionals. I wanted to try to put something in for everyone, whether they're, you know, a sysadmin or a manager or a developer. So long as they are happy looking at some code and seeing some, you know, output from the terminal, then uh, I, I hope they'll find something in the book for, for them if they're interested in containers and security. I think that's a very good point. The ability for this book to represent common ground between DevOps and Sec, or DevSec and Ops, is a good thing, that they all are reading the same thing at the same time, and that generates the kind of empathy required for positive collaboration and understanding between the different groups or silos, I guess, if we want to call it. Or it breaks down the silos, ideally, right? I hope so, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, play, yeah, very... play a small part in, in the breaking down of those silos. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. I like it. Well, it sounds pretty awesome. Um, when's the official release date? Uh, that's a very good question. I think it's going to okay. be early April. Okay. Yeah. All right. It was meant to sort of coincide with uh, the former, the, the conference formerly known as KubeCon. Yeah, um, we, we were hoping then, right? to get some some out for that. But uh, obviously, you know, events have, have overtaken us a bit. So, uh, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I know. Things have changed. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. But at least, uh, you know, there- hopefully book deliveries will still happen online, certainly, you know, still happening so far, so long as the internet holds out. And, yeah, exactly. uh, uh, you know, we can take this opportunity to do things like learning and reading and teaching ourselves things. Yeah, actually, this could be an ideal time. People are uh, all at home and some without necessarily uh, the sort of collaborative networks that some of us in technology are lucky enough to have. Some do, some don't. Some people I know who work for the government, even in technology, the government doesn't have that sort of capability. They don't have as extensive a VPN network to make them capable. So maybe this is some essential reading. Well, if it these keeps people occupied and entertained, and, and there's plenty of examples that they can work through on their, you know, on their computer. So uh, if it keeps people entertained in a dark time, then uh, that would be great. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And as I guess a final question before I sort of let you go um, for the weekend, you you did mention there are plenty of examples you can go through. I guess some questions people often ask when they hear there's a book is. How effective will this be as an audiobook if I'm in the car? Are oh there some God. essential things that I need to do or <laughs> that's a, that's a reaction? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe some sections would work as an audiobook. I'm thinking that there's quite a few, you know, code examples. I, I, I don't think that works. I once tried to listen to an audiobook of an economics book, the, the Thomas Piketty. Oh uh, thing and uh, we probably had it on in the car for about half an hour before my husband basically said I had to turn it off because it was literally driving him he was going to fall asleep and it was it was a danger to us to have this audiobook on it was trying to read out tables of numbers it was uh, dangerous I guess it would be challenging to hear an audiobook of a YAML file yeah would, yeah and, and how pain. would you know what the indentation was in an audiobook <laughs> No, it would be, I can see, I'd have just, yes, from what I've seen so far, I would imagine it would, well, I kind of want to hear it, but anyway. Um, all right, good. So I think that's that's important before before people start wondering whether they can get the lazy version. All right, excellent. Liz, thank you very much for being on and talking about the book. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have gotten an early copy and to got part of the way through it, and I'm already learning loads of stuff, which is obviously was going to be the case. Um, and I, I look forward to seeing you once this, once, uh, for those who are, li- those listening in the future, this was during the pandemic. And, um, I look forward to seeing you uh, signing this book, uh, at, at KubeCon, maybe in the summer of 2021, maybe. I don't know. I well, hope so. yeah, I guess whenever we're allowed to, you know, see each other in person and do events, I will be all up for signing books. I, d- I don't know. Maybe I'm going to have to sign some books at home and mail them out to people or something. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's it's exciting, yeah. and I, I you know I I really want to hear what people's reaction is to the to the book. I'm really kind of uh, at this point where we're getting so close to it being in production. I'm I'm sort of nervous yeah. and excited <laughs> to see what people people actually say about it when they when they get yeah. it. <laughs> uh, I well, I think it's awesome, uh, and thank you very much again for being on the show. You are very welcome. It's my pleasure. And that is another episode of Beer Sec Ops. Beer Sec Ops is powered by Aqua Security and assisted immensely by Shirley Fried and edited by Taylor Sattler. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.